Uh, okay, we had some great questions I want to get to. And then uh, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, to the live show at least, we take live questions. Uh, the first part we take uh, go over questions that have came in uh, or come in through email or through Instagram, Facebook, all the social channels. Um, and then we get to the live questions. We're going to get to every single one uh, because it is cold. And um, this is We're coming. in no hurry. <laughs> we're in no hurry. Ike I might be in a little bit of a hurry, but we're not. <laughs> Um, so we're going to jump into it and, uh, this is a great one. It's a B12 question. Um, my B12 was up to 837 this week from 4236 months ago. Would you be happy with the 837 or does it need to be even higher? So this is in regards to B12 levels. And I know you've, you've talked a little bit about yes. this for people who are on, uh, our Vitatrim shot. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's a good level. I mean, you know, Really, I go more by how you're feeling than what a, an absolute lab test shows. So gauge how you're feeling on it. And um, one thing about a B12 12 level, if it's low, you have low B12. If it says high, that means nothing other than is you're getting B12. So I have some people say my B12 level was too high. There's really no such thing, in my opinion, is too high. It's water-soluble. It's not going to hurt you. So usually somebody getting you know, say a weekly shot of B12, it's going to show high, you know, over 1500 or whatever the high limit is on that. But so that's a good level. So, you know, kind of, kind of see uh, what you're doing. You know, hopefully you're taking methyl cobalamin, methyl B12. That's a, that's a more pure form, especially if you have a methylation problem, but uh, like I do, with the MTHFR gene. So look at that and um, look at your other vitamins too. Really, you probably shouldn't take just one B vitamin alone because if you just take B12, then your other B vitamins may get depleted. So make sure you're getting some, your other vitamins like a B complex, you know, or, or in your multi, you should have the B vitamins. So, uh, but yeah, if you're feeling good and, you know, it's doubled, then I think that's fine. Really good. Um, all right. Great question there on B12. Uh, Tanya, I see your question on neuropathy on Facebook. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, for those who don't know, go ahead and put your questions in the comments for Doc. We're going to get to those in just a minute. Uh, this one's on ketamine. Um, and what's funny is we don't talk about ketamine that much. And it's kind of a, a, a buzzword in our world. Uh, kind of in this uh, functional integrative medicine world. Uh, what do you know regarding ketamine treatments or ketamine nasal sprays for depression and other psychological issues? And it's actually kind of controversial too. So uh, I'd be interested to know your thoughts yeah. on this. You know, I think I did a podcast on that a few years ago, mm -hmm. but um, so you may look back, but yeah, you know, ketamine has been around for decades and decades. I remember when I used to uh, go in on surgical cases with my dad back in the old days, um, how he would use, the anesthesiologist would use ketamine to put certain people out while he debrided burns and things like that. Something that, you know, you just didn't want to uh, put somebody completely under. They, especially, it's very useful for kids. Uh, you know, talk to your anesthesiologist or anesthetist about ketamine. It's really useful. Um, and then they found out in the last few years that it really helped um, 
other things that psychological disorders like severe depression, PTSD, um, and it, it, you know, things that are refractory to other treatments. And I've seen it work, worked you know, it's usually an IV and an IV drip. And I've seen that. And it's kind of interesting watching a patient get it for that purpose. The clinic I visited to, uh, they wanted to show me how they did it. And they actually had a psychologist talking to the patient while they were getting the IV because you almost need it because you kind of have this dissociative reaction. It's a really weird uh, type of thing to watch somebody go through because they kind of, it's almost like taking, you know, like, psilocybin or mushrooms or psychedelics they they kind of gets a little freaky to watch it does work in a lot of cases can it be dangerous yes would i want to do it while i was by myself or not with a medical professional no um the nasal sprays that have come out um you still need to be in the doctor's office when you do that so if you have a really refractory case of depression or um pt SD, those are the two main reasons I think that's useful besides anesthesia. But um, it really does seem to be pretty effective for, for when nothing else works. You know, um, there's other things that work too that I've seen them do, like uh, electroconvulsive therapy. I've seen the psychiatrist do that. That's painful looking. You know, it induces like a mini seizure and it kind of... Mm wipes out your little bit of a recent memory and uh, that that looks harsh it works though but it just depends on how bad it is and certainly if you're thinking about getting this kind of treatment then um you need to talk to somebody that does a lot of it and you've tried everything else i'm certainly think it's a promising form of uh, treatment they even give intramuscular injections but make sure you're in a doctor's office in a safe place with professionals that are first in doing this. Uh, they use, even use ketamine in some of these pain creams. It seems to help uh, locally too. So it, it's a pretty cool drug. Um, so the, so the, the second part of it is, you know, what is your pen, opinion, which you, you've, you've briefed us uh, a little bit, and uh, whether or not you know anybody um, that you like in the Tri-Cities or Knoxville, which is where uh, the performance medicine clinics are, um, you, you, do you refer these out any, um, in office? Um, I, there used to be a place in the Tri-Cities that did it. Uh, they're no longer doing it. Mm. You know, it's a tough gig that yeah. usually, usually, uh, it's nurse anesthetists that do it. Um, and they're good, but, um, and I think there may, they may still have a clinic in Knoxville. You have to look it up because I, but right now I don't know of any that I'm referring to for that right now. Can you, um, can you tell maybe the audience like some questions to, to ask or things to look for? Cause what you said is you want somebody who's done a lot of this. Is there any yeah. kind of key indicators, uh, when you're, when you're searching or seeking someone out who's doing ketamine? Yeah. I mean, look at how many, how many patients they've done with this. What kind of setting is it? Mm. Do they have a crash cart there? I mean, I certainly wouldn't do this in, in one of my offices. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd want a nurse anesthetist in, in with you while you're doing this. Yeah. Um, you can have some crazy reactions with it. 
I think it is a promising treatment, but just be careful. Um, yeah, you know, some of the psychiatrists probably do it too, but if, you know, I would want somebody there who is experienced with IVs and resuscitation in the office before I would do it with, with any doctor, hmm. psychiatrist. I mean, you know, psychiatrists can be good, but they're not used to resuscitating people. I can tell you that. Um, but anyway, so, so, so don't really, know any, any names to give you. It's a great question. Um, and that's something that, uh, we'll kind of put on our radar for, for, for different places. So thank you for kind of, uh, teeing us up there. Um, okay, let's get to the next one. Uh, and this is a glucosamine question. How does Dr. Rogers feel about glucosamine slash chondroitin? Uh, I like it. You know, I think it, it works okay for joint pain. Um, you really get the form that has MSM in it too. Uh, that's really the, the, the gold standards if it has MSM in it along with that. So for a lot of people, it does help them somewhat. You know, it's not a miracle cure for sure for joints, but I think it does help uh, a lot of people. Um, certainly, it's not going to hurt you. All right. Thank you for that question. Uh, this is a question I'm sure lots of people are thinking. Uh, NSAIDs, uh, what's your thoughts on them? Uh, I, as your son, I kind of know your thoughts. Um, but but tell us yeah. how you talk to patients about uh, oh, NSAIDs. I mean, I use NSAIDs a lot, you know, on people. You're talking about non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Motrin, Advil, same thing. Um, Aleve, which is naproxen. Um, you know, they definitely work as, they work as good as anti-inflammatories. They can be rough on your stomach. So uh, take them with food. Don't overdo them because they can cause kidney problems, especially if you have a compromised kidney function. Um, they can also cause ulcers, like I said. Um, you know, my favorite one is probably meloxicam, Mobic. And then Celebrex is another one. You can't take that one if you're allergic to sulfa drugs. Um, and those drugs, those last two are once a day, and they don't irritate your stomach, really. Um, and they're less likely to cause kidney problems. So I prefer those. Those are prescription, of course. But, um, you know, some people need them. You know, I certainly, when I tweak something and I'm really having bursitis or one of those things, and I'll take Mobic for uh, several days, um, sometimes longer, but just, if you, if you're on long-term, keep an eye on your kidney function, watch out for stomach problems. Uh, but you know, of course we use a lot of NSAIDs. Um, you know, if you don't want to take, um, that kind of medicine, some people just don't want to take anything like that. And they'll go with curcumin. That's another one of my favorites. I think it's more effective than glucosamine chondroitin. I love curcumin turmeric i take it every day it's good for a lot of things but it's a good natural anti-inflammatory good for your brain too so i like that a whole lot and that's a that's a natural uh it's, i call it a natural inset in a way hmm. but um but yeah that's kind of my feelings on them uh so they're they're good but be careful about overuse all right let's get to um this is a word i had not heard before um, I'd like your thoughts on jubilance 
for PMDD and if it's safe to take along with prescriptions? Um, yeah, I think that that is one that I've heard about. I've had a couple of people try it. Um, what is that made of? It's, it's kind of a calcium salt, oxal, maybe oxal acetic acid or something. I don't know. It's something like that, but it's an over the counter, um, medication, um, almost like a vitamin or a mineral, um, for premenstrual, um, dysphoric disorder, which mm. is kind of a severe form of PMS. Um, you know, most women experience some PMS at times, but this is a more harsh form of it. You know, it, it occurs maybe a week or so before the period and all, but it can be really severe, not only mood changes. Dysphoria means depression, really, mm -hmm. mood disorder. Um, and the cause of it, is, of course, is the shifting of the hormones that occur monthly, especially after ovulation. Um, when your hormones are changing, you know, have the follicular phase of the cycle, then the, the luteal phase. Um, so um, it, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, so you can definitely try it. There's other vitamins that work too, like vitamin D and um, magnesium may help a little bit. Some people say calcium. Take, a, you know, a thousand milligrams of calcium uh, for a week when that kicks in. I think that it works in a similar way, I'm, I think, but um, certainly there's other ways of doing it and not having those uh, severe fluctuations in um, hormones. One is birth control pills. A lot of doctors just stick you on a birth control pill for that. A lot of people don't want that. Um, there, we also use a lot of bioidentical hormones for that. I use a lot of uh, natural progesterone uh, for the last half of the cycle. And that seems to help it a lot too. It definitely helps sleep. I think it helps uh, some with cramping. Um, and I think it, it helps them balance your mood out a little bit. I think of um, progesterone as a woman's Valium. And it calms you down, helps you sleep balances out estrogen a little bit, but, um, yeah, certainly you could take that. It's not going to interfere with, uh, prescription medicines for that. Um, some people, a lot of people use, um, serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac and Zoloft and Lexapro just for 10 days before the period for that, uh, PMDD. It seems to be effective for a lot of people. There can be a lot of side effects from the SSRIs, but um, for some severe cases, I've used them in people. They even relabeled uh, Prozac for that use mm. at one point. Um, I forget what they call it. I, if I ever use it, I just use generic Prozac, fluoxetine. But um, so, yeah, you can certainly try to. I don't think it's going to hurt you at all. And you could take it along with the other stuff if you want it. The other stuff's not working. Some people retain fluid. Sometimes we use a little bit of a diuretic during that last phase of the, uh, the cycle. Um, you know, sometimes we use non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, just like you uh, talked about for cramping. Uh, so there's a whole variety of things that we use um, for that very disorder, which, which is really tough on a lot of women. Um, it's really debilitating in, for a lot of them, too. 
So definitely seek treatment, check your hormone levels and um, think about getting help because there is major help for that. Mm. Uh, and if nothing else works, I'm not against using Prozac for that or Zoloft, um, especially if you don't want to get on hormones. Again, I prefer the bioidentical hormones. I think they work really well and they're safe. Um, so you can try it. Um, I think the mechanism of action is really through calcium. Um, you know, you, in the, on the cellular level, you have all these influx of, of the mineral calcium in ions, in and out of cells, and it's responsible for a lot of stuff. Um, but anyway, I hope that helps you. So try it if you want. You know, it shouldn't interfere with your prescription medicines. All right. Great question there. Um, we're going to go to a, an iron question. And I'll remind everybody, if you're with us live, uh, we're getting ready to take live questions. So go ahead and put your question in the comments. Uh, this is the last one that came in throughout the week. This came over on Instagram. What is the best iron supplement to take for absorbability? I have Hashimoto's. My doctor suggested Vitron C, but it's been months and I don't feel any different. Um, so there's, it's kind of a two-part question there. Let's first address the, uh, the iron supplement. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that as far as absorbability goes? Well, <laughs> the one I like is um, one by Life Extension called Iron Plus Protein. Um, that's the one that seems to be more tolerated on stomachs. Now, Vitron C has vitamin C in it. And it's true. If you take iron, you need to take vitamin C, about a gram of it, before you take your iron. It really helps the absorption a lot. So, you know, if you're anemic, iron deficiency anemia, from uh, some reason, you need to find out the reason first and then see if you really need iron. You know, iron is good and bad. Too much iron is not good. Um, it, it, it clogs your blood. Um, so, you know, we check a lot of ferritin levels. And, um, you know, I, I see more problems with the iron overload than I do iron deficiency. But some people that are losing blood, maybe through heavy menstrual periods, et cetera, like we just talked about, um, could affect that. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of nuances to um anemia and and uh iron a lot of times um if you have low ferritin which is the storage form of iron it you know it may indicate you're having a problem with um your vitamin a um and and also zinc and copper so a lot of times uh i'll look at that i'll look at the minerals and a little i'll look at vitamin levels um in detail i found a couple people in the last week that that had that and that their actual problem one of them had a vitamin a a severe vitamin a deficiency the other one had a copper deficiency um remember if you take zinc it may deplete your copper yep so you gotta be careful and look at the balance with that but so if you can't figure it out you need to get a, a expanded vitamin panel that checks all those other vitamins um you know, the Cleveland checks some vitamins, but not not those. So that's a separate panel. Um, so, you know, I don't know. You need to get your other levels checked and see where you're at. See if it's building up. I mean, some people just don't absorb iron very well. And they have to have shots of iron or infusions of iron, especially if they're really anemic. 
you'll feel real bad if you get an infusion of it quickly. Um, so get a workup, find out why. Um, if it's mild and it's just from menstrual loss or something, you could, you know, try iron plus protein uh, and also a vitamin C beforehand before you take the the iron. Now, um, is there any relation between iron uh, uh, deficiency and, and Hashimoto's? There can be, yeah. Maybe that's be. maybe that's where these two are connecting. Um, yeah. What have you heard of? Is it Vitron C or or was that a misspelling? No, that's that's a word for a supplement. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's an iron that it's iron and C in the same pill. Okay. I'm pretty oh. sure. That's it's not one I use, but um, but anyway. All right, great question there. Thank you for uh, putting that in on Instagram. Uh, guys, we're going to jump to the live comments here, and I'm also going to keep an eye on uh, my email as well as our Instagram account just in case uh, I miss something uh, or if you want to put a question in there. Um, so let's, um, let's go ahead and jump into the comments. All right, let's get to um, – let's see if this is – from Buddy here. I think this is a question, Buddy. Um, I had the Cleveland panel started intermittent, intermittent fasting with vitamin and supplements. I have an appointment with Dr. Rogers in March. Is this too soon? And should I re retest my out-of-range results before visit? Um, okay. Let me see if I can, if I can um, get this right here. Uh, so had the Cleveland panel, started intermittent fasting and, and the vitamins and supplements, um, I have an appointment with Dr. Rogers in March. Is this too soon? And should I retest out of my range? It seems, is the March appointment too soon? Um, or should, uh, they go ahead and retest the out of range results, uh, before this March visit? Is that the way you're, you're reading? Um, it? yeah. Um, I'm not sure when you had the Cleveland panel, but, um, you know, probably if you've already had it, uh, and you got some results from it, like some vitamin deficiencies. Um, you know, this is January. No, I'd keep your appointment. Let me just talk to you and then see what we may need to get because I may check some different things. So uh, th that way I can look at what you had on your Cleveland and see if we need anything else. You probably don't need to repeat the Cleveland, but um, just come in and let me look at your, your Cleveland as you did and see how you're feeling. And, you know, in the two or three months that will pass since you had the Cleveland, we'll see, see if you're responding a little bit. And then I, we may choose to, to check uh, some other things at that time, but I'm not sure what I would check yet until I looked at your whole situation, including your old blood work and your clinical situation. So just keep taking your supplements and, and I'll see you in March and we'll determine what to do. And, uh, and, and buddy, I will, uh, I'll keep a lookout, um, here, uh, in the comments, if you have any follow-up, if we misinterpreted anything, uh, so I'll make sure to, to, to get any follow-up question you have, uh, in here tonight. Um, let's go to, uh, oh, cool. Um, so Robert's in here with, with his wife, Shelia, uh, Shelia, welcome man. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but thank you so much for, uh, for being with us tonight. We're certainly thinking about, uh, your daughter. And, um, again, if you have any questions, uh, tonight or any of the other Tuesdays, please uh, bring them in here, but thank you for, uh, hanging out with us, uh, this evening. Um, let's get to, um, 
Let's see. Looking for a question here. Uh, Tanya's your first you know, being, Speaking Speaking of that, um, you should go back and listen to that podcast that you did um, with the PhD. Mm. It's our friend. Did you re um, Did you re-listen to that? I listened to that. I re-listened to that this weekend for some reason. It was so good. He Dan had Bolton. Dan, he had esophageal cancer, and um, he's a real brilliant chemist. And he um, got the traditional treatment, but he also did his own research and also did his own alternative treatment. And I think it was more responsible for curing him than than the traditional. So certainly do the traditional, but look in the alternative. Go listen to that podcast that Ben did. It's probably two years old. Yeah. But um, go listen to that podcast. It's very encouraging and hopeful. And and what I'll do um, for those interested in that because it it was it was a couple a year and a half ago or so. Um, we'll we'll put that in the comments after the show. Uh, but if you search for, I want to say, performance medicine, um, maybe if you performance medicine and cancer, it'll show up. But, um, but Dan Bolton was the guest and, uh, it was a, it was a really, really amazing, uh, conversation. So, uh, and very, like you said, uh, doc, very hopeful. Uh, yeah. So you need to see that. You need yeah. to watch that. Um, okay. Let's get to, uh, let's see here. Uh, I just want to put this up. Uh, Tanya, first time here. Welcome in Tanya. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can bring some value tonight, but, uh, we just appreciate you, you being here with us live. Um, let's get to, to Donna and Steve. Uh, wanted to ask Dr. Rogers about Digest Shield. How many a day, and is that the only probiotic you need to take? Do you need extra enzymes? I have been under a lot of stress this past year, and I'm having diarrhea. Uh, it's a very common question we get, Donna and Steve. Uh, so go ahead and talk yeah. to us about Digest Shield. Yeah, well, I love, of course, Digest Shield. It's the best gut pill I've seen so far in 36 years of practice because it includes the prebiotics, the right blend of 11 probiotics, digestive enzymes, which you need to help you break down fat. It has a dairy blocker, lactase. It has a gluten and a lectin blocker, chitosan. So it's all in one pill. I, prefer, I take it every day. I've had just so much great feedback on this product. It's unbelievable. I think every human needs a probiotic and a prebiotic. This just happens to be the best I've run across. Um, so certainly for routine use, especially with people with gluten intolerances and, and lactose intolerances, it's, it's just fantastic. So I like it. You know, usually you take it twice a day. Um, you know, about 30, 15 to 30 minutes before you eat the two major meals of the day. Sometimes I use other probiotics if I really need them. You know, uh, I usually talk with Robin Riddle about it. She's my expert on the GI map, et cetera. I sent you one today, Robin. Um, but certainly stress, there's a huge gut-brain connection. I think stress kicks off a lot of gut problems without a doubt. Um, and if you're having diarrhea and it gets prolonged, you need to look into it and get some stool studies like the GI maps, the best one, but you might even want to take a two week course of, uh, shield Nutris product that IGY that's fantastic. Microbiome um, shield. Yeah. Microbiome shield is wonderful. Um, so look into that. We have, should have them in all our offices or you can get it off the internet as well. 
but look at the cause of it, the root cause. If it's stress, you need to get that under control. But if you have persistent diarrhea, you're losing weight, you're not absorbing things, it needs to be looked into. I'd get on a real kind of a bland diet. I'd get on the digestio for sure. That's a no-brainer. Um, and look into it uh, and find out why and get that taken care of. Do I can you, speak to you with the experience from that. Do you ever, um, they mentioned, do you need extra enzymes? And DigestShield, of course, has enzymes in it. Uh, it has the digestive enzymes. Rarely do I, I need extra. As a matter of fact, I had a patient that came to me today from, or seeing a GI, and they had them on a really expensive digestive enzyme blend. And I, I just took them off that and put them on Digest Shield. Yeah. Yeah, here they are. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, but there's a Digest Shield, and there's Microbiome Shield. Microbiome. Wonderful products. This, you only need this for a couple of weeks, usually. The Digest Shield is a daily thing. It's a wonderful product. And, and best wonderful. practices, as far as timing goes, uh, based on what we've seen, is 30 minutes prior to your meals. Uh, yeah. You can start with your biggest meal, and I, I know you, I think, take it 30 minutes before each of your meals. Um, so kind of play Twice around. Two, two meals a day, yeah. Um, but if you forget to take it and you're sitting there eating your meal like I did tonight, I just took it with my meal. Uh, all right, Don and Steve, hope that helps. Uh, Shieldnutra.com if you want to learn more about Digest Shield and Microbiome Shield. Um, all right, let's get to uh, Ruth's question here. Um, can I use licorice root while on high blood pressure medication? No, uh, that's something you should avoid. Licorice root has some benefits, but not with high, high blood pressure. Avoid it. That's funny because I saw an advertisement on TV, um, for licorice, different flavors of licorice. They'd mail it to you. High quality licorice, but yeah, licorice is a neat little, I guess it's an herb, but um, you should not use it if you have hypertension. Super interesting. All right. Uh, thank you for that question, uh, Ruth. I'm going to put this up from Carter. Uh, glad to see you have something in your place. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the decor. Uh, uh, see if you can see my, my oh, books there. My, my, oh. my seven books in the house. Um, so thanks, Carter. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, Edna's question. Are rooster comb shots good for arthritis of the knee? Yeah. Um, you know, the original one was called Cinevisc. I used to inject a lot of it in knees. Uh, yeah, you know, it can, it can definitely put off a knee replacement for a while. You know, you may need to keep getting them. Sometimes they last up to a year, sometimes not that long, six months. But, um, yeah, yeah, they're okay. They're, they're pretty good. Um, you know, I prefer, to be honest with you, I prefer PRP platelet-rich plasma. I think it works better than rooster comb. And a lot of the studies show that. And it's certainly coming from your own body. You know, we do that. Jill Henderson, my PA in Bristol, does a wonderful job. She's injected both my knees with PRP mm -hmm. and platelet-rich plasma. And I'm telling you, I, I could not um, sit on a mat and put my butt on my heels yeah. now i can lean all the way back i've showed you ben yeah tremendous flexibility now because of those shots and it didn't hurt to do them 
Um, now, I'll say uh, tremendous flexibility is a bit of a stretch. I'm not sure you had that before the injury, but uh, yeah. I can attest that it's way better than it was. <laughs> Thank you, man, for pointing that out. I am, I am pretty flexible for my age, except in my low back. I'm very inflexible. My problem is my low back. But, yeah, I never had any knee problems until the last year when I tweaked it playing pickleball, as you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, they're, they're pretty good. The rooster, you know, the rooster comb shots are more covered by insurance. The PRP is not, but, um, certainly they both work. Um, so yeah, I like them, you know, you need, if you have bone on bone, it may not work so well. If you're, if your knees that far gone, you may need a knee replacement. Like one of the last patients I saw today in my clinic, she finally is going to go ahead and get her knee replacement. Hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty effective treatment temporarily. Uh, thank you for that question, Edna. I'm going to, uh, say what's up to, to Rachel from our Johnson city clinic. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us this evening, hey, Rachel. Rachel. Um, let's see here. Our next question is from, from Tanya, uh, on Facebook. I have neuropathy in my feet because of going through chemo last year. It is not painful. It is numbness, but the cold is bothering me so much. I'm falling a lot due to not being able to feel half of my feet. What can help? Boy, that's a great question. Yeah, that is a side effect of chemotherapy. And I hope, I hope that you're doing well. Um, yeah, one thing, there's some things you can try because you're right. It's, it's almost, some people describe it as a painful numb numbing can be kind of a weird type of pain i think yeah um because when you have a pinched nerve like a carpal tunnel it's a pinched nerve your kind of neuropathy is a little bit different but one thing you could try is vitamin b6 um try b6 that may help you sometimes we use medicines like um uh, neurontin which is gabapentin um, matter of fact, I use that today for an odd off the wall use. Gabby Pinton. I used it in the case of hiccups for hiccups. Really? Yeah. I'm anxious <laughs> to see if it helped him. Um, but a patient of mine had some well, how, how intractable chronic, hiccups. How chronic were they? Were, 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 could not get rid of them over the course uh, of days? A few days, a few days. Yeah. Huh. Um, so we'll see, that's kind of an off the wall treatment for it, but it's pretty effective. Nothing else works. You know, all the stuff like breathing, pulling your tongue out, Valsalva, stuff like that. Uh, so I'm interested to see if it, if it helps him. Um, so the other thing you can do for that, that proprioception in your feet is really important for balance. Um, yep. and that's why you're falling. So there's a couple things I want you to do. One is, um, besides B6, I want you to get something called a rubs ball. Uh, ben, you actually turned me on to that through listening to Tim Ferriss, but it's a little ball. Gosh, I wish I had, I wish Jenny could bring that little ball for me down here and I'll show you. But it's about this big and it has these little metal projections, yeah. um, almost spiky like things. But um, and, and, you rub and that on the bottom of your foot and it stimulates that deep, perineal nerve, which is responsible for proprioception uh, of your feet, which leads to good balance. That's what a lot of people don't realize is that 
you know, if you don't get the nerve endings to your feet, you know, standing on one foot for balance control is not going to work as well. That's why I like you walking around in bare feet. I like grounding, which I talked about. But here it is right here. Thank you. Um, and it's, and it's R-U-B-Z. Um, yeah. so, so if you look look up R-U-B-Z ball uh, on Amazon, it's it's eight bucks. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it has just those rub that, you know, on, this is the body feet. You rub it all over every day, several times a day, and then stimulate that deep perineal nerve. That may help you a little bit. Um, so, but try the B6 and and go from there. And maybe even, you know, there's some other things you can do. There, there's some nerve stimulator type things you can do that I don't have in my office, but um, you can do your research. Some people uh, are helped by that. But, um, you know, there's some things you do, so don't give up on that. And certainly you don't want to be falling. Yeah. For sure. So try those those things and, and go from there. Um, uh, Tanya, thank you so much for that question, and thank you for uh, being with us this evening. Uh, let's get to uh, Penny's question here. Robin, I see you. Great to see you. Um, Penny's asking, what is the best bone broth with collagen, something lactose-free? Thank you. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Well, um, I bought some of that recently. And Kate, Katie uh, might have some uh, a suggestion. For, I know, I know she, she's using bone broth as well. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's lactose free, the stuff I was taking, but mine was beef bone broth. You can get poultry. I prefer the beef. Um, it's really good for your gut. It's really good for electrolytes. Um, so I don't know. Um, maybe Jenny could bring my, my beef bone broth down again. I hate to have her running up and down the stairs, but I can show you what, what I have. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, maybe Katie can chime in. She's pretty good with she. She's somebody that eats raw beef liver every yeah. day. She claims it's really helped. And that's which that's, is probably it's probably the most nutrient dense thing you could ever eat. Yeah, if you can stomach it. But um, well, it's small amounts, isn't it? Uh, when you do raw beef, it's liver, a small strip. It's yeah, a very it's a small, small strip of of liver. Looks like some people would kind of sear it. Yeah, Publix has the grass fed one. Definitely, you need grass fed beef. Always. And Aldi is Aldi's uh, also a great one, she's saying. Uh, Aldi also has the organic. Um, so so this is, of course, would be um, lactose-free. Um, and looks like looks like Jenny's coming coming down, getting her uh, workout. <laughs> Thank you. There's the one I have. Uh, collagen in, bone broth. How do you how do you take that? Do you just do like a, a spoonful? I just warm it up and drink it like like tea. Have a cup, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it Kinda like soup? How's yeah. it taste? It, it's not the you wouldn't do it just for the taste. No, um, it so doesn't it, taste bad. Okay. It's not great tasting, but um, it's tolerable for sure. Um, um, I'm putting this up here from from Kay. She's doing three strips daily of beef liver. Three strips a day. Wow. I love it. I love it. Uh, and then Bianca and Katie can chime in with Bianca's here. Uh, what does the liver help you with stomach issues? Uh, I think it's, I think it's just nutrients, right? Like that's what the nutrients. The yeah. I mean, you get a lot of vitamin A, zinc, copper, um, you know, really, 
you, you don't have to take a lot of extra minerals if you do that. Yeah. And most people that do it, I find are on the carnivore diet, which certainly Katie's done great with it. Um, really in maintaining lean weight and energy and, and all, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's just a nutrient dense way better than vegetables. I which mean, you so, can eat so all the vegetables in the world. You'll never compete with beef liver as far as, is the nutrients in beef liver compared to vegetables. And don't worry about You think a liver is a detoxifying organ, which it is, but to eat it, you don't, you're not eating toxins. Hmm. Um, you know, you, you can go to Dr. Paul Saladino's um, books, Carnival Code, and he has a blog. Um, pretty interesting. Super. It is really, really interesting. Uh, Katie, thank you for, uh, for putting that in there. Uh, great question uh, around uh, collagen. Penny, thank you for putting that uh, in the comments there. Uh, let's get to Kay on Facebook. Then I'll go to, uh, to YouTube here in just a second, guys. Uh, my daughter has ringing in her ear after an ear and sinus infection. Is there any supplement that can stop it? Does she need to go to an ear, nose, and throat doctor? Uh, this is such a common question. Um, ringing of the ears, I know, is, is, is a pain. Um, what's your thoughts yeah. on this? Yeah, it's a toughie. But if it's just ringing in one ear, it needs to be checked out. If it's bilateral, it's a little less worrisome. But, yeah, it needs to be looked at by some doctor, whether it's a family doctor, ENT. Uh, either one can look and make sure nothing looks abnormal. Sometimes uh, you can, ENT will do a hearing test on you to make sure your hearing's not being affected by it um, and there's not pressure behind that drum. But one supplement, it's tough, but the, the only one that pops in my mind is pycnogenol. Yep. That may help. That, that's sometimes helpful for tinnitus. So pycnogenol, try that and uh, make sure somebody glances at your ear and make sure that that eustachian tube is open. You might even try some over-the-counter Flonase nasal spray. may help a little bit. So. And uh, Kay, uh, we have done a Common Sense MD episode on pycnogenol. Uh, if you search for uh, performance medicine pycnogenol, it'll it'll come up first. Um, so check that out after the show for sure. It's a really interesting. Uh, it's a supplement, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, all right, let's get to, to Roel's question. Um, doctor, can I ask what is paresthesia? What causes it? My mom, 76 years old, had her face and her left hand went numb for about two minutes. Then it went away. Um, I don't know. I've, I've never heard of this one. Um, Paresthesia just means numbness. Okay. You know, tingling, numb, tingling nerves is a good definition of it, uh, which can cause numbness. It, it's usually caused by, you know, a blocked nerve. It can be caused by... Um, Spinal stenosis, it could be caused by carpal tunnel, which is just blocking of your median nerve in your wrist. So there's a lot of different ways to block that down. One thing you might try is B6, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, if, it's, if there's other symptoms along with it, like motor dysfunction and things, it really needs to be checked out, usually by, um, you know, EMG testing. Uh, EMG neurologist. Yeah. Um, a neurologist will, will stick a needle up here and measure the time it takes the, the little shock to go down to your hand or in the feet, 
legs, whatever. Um, so you may need those tests done if it's persistent. But try, see if you, if she has spine problems, um, especially neck problems, because it's easier to block off nerves in the neck than it is a low back. But um, or sometimes they can occur in the brachial plexus, sometimes in the elbow, a lot of times in the wrist. Hmm. So um, look, look at that. There's different types of paresthesias, um, glove paresthesias. And uh, so have it checked out for sure. Um, let's see what's going on with that. There can be a lot of weird stuff that causes it. Usually it's a, it's kind of a blocked nerve or a pinched nerve, some people call it. Uh, great question there, uh, Roel. Thank you for putting that in there. Um, I'm just going to put this up from, from D. Lynn. Uh, I don't think this is a question, just a comment around the NSAID uh, question earlier. Uh, Paroxicam is what I'm taking, one every morning, I think 15 milligrams. Mobic wasn't doing much good. It's uh, for bad sciatica. I'm going to talk in depth with my doctor in March. He's not the one who put me on. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's an old-timing one that a lot of people used. Um, and it's weird how one said will work and another one won't for a particular person. It's really strange how your body can work for you. Really, it's probably because of the way your DNA is looped. Um, and there is there is a great salivary test. We used to be able to get them. I used to run them all the time that, that, linked, that matched up your DNA with a bunch of different medicines uh mm. in a bunch of different classes i wish we could do that we just couldn't get insurance to pay for it, it, it i, I remember it was a it was a nightmare i did it on myself you know and it was yeah. really interesting it um, really is a it's a cool like that's where you know medicine will undoubtedly go uh yeah where it's very specific to the looking person. at your genetics yeah exactly yeah. right like a lot of the psychs use them because they want to know if you're going to respond better to Zoloft or Prozac if they put you on one of those. So, yeah. or different pain medications, et cetera. But um, it's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, all right, D. Lynn, thank you for putting that in there about Paroxicam. Uh, let's get to Shauna. So good to see you, Shauna. Uh, hope you're doing well. The question is, are you a fan of the greens everyone is talking about right now? Or is it just a gimmick? Uh, what are the benefits of so? So I'm assuming this is athletic greens. Um, That's what I would think. I yeah, would, athletic greens. I would think. Um, Tim Ferriss is a big yep. promoter of those. Yeah, I think they're okay. Yep. Um, I really do. There's a lot of vitamins and minerals in them. You know, it'd be a lot cheaper to eat a little bit of or raw organic beef liver. <laughs> <laughs> athletic greens are expensive, <laughs> but they make them <clears throat> excuse me taste pretty good. <clears throat> I've taken them in the past, and uh, yeah, they're a pretty good supplement. Uh, I've only, uh, Sean, I've only heard uh, good things about them. Uh, but with the way we're talking about the carnivore and and uh, and beef liver, it does it makes you think about you know how many veggie how many veggies do you really need to be taking in? Do you want to be taking them in for your gut? Um, super. Yeah, some people can't digest uh, vegetables very well. Yeah. They're hard on your gut. Um, they really are. Um, for some people. All right. Where am I at? Uh, thank you, Shauna, for, for being with us tonight. Um, let's get to uh, Deanna here. 
Um, hi, what is your opinion on direct sales vitamin slash wellness supplements, specifically Thrive? This is a great, great question because um, I know there's there's probably a spectrum. There's probably some really good ones and some that aren't that great. What's your thoughts? I'm not sure. I don't. I've heard of Thrive, but I'm not real familiar with it. I don't know. I, do you have any other ideas, Ben, about the direct sales um, supplements? So when I think of that, uh, I have not heard of Thrive uh, either. Um, and what I've heard of them, and I think they're pretty reputable. Um, I'd just be careful about companies that they want you to sign up and you to sell them. You know, it's kind of a pyramid type thing. I don't like those. Yeah. You know, if, if that's the kind of thing it is, I'd steer clear of them. You know, I, I've gotten involved with a couple of those down through the years and never works out. You know, they become really expensive and, you know, money becomes the motivator. So I'm not big on if it is a, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, what do they call that? Mass marketing or multi-level marketing? Multi-level. Yeah. Um, I always ask, is this a multi-level marketing company? Yeah. If they, when, when they try to sell it to you and then they start being mealy mouth, what I mean by that is they go, well, I'm a, yeah, I, I, you know, start talking like that, then don't do it. So, <laughs> so uh, um, it's a, it's a great question. And, and, and like I said earlier, I'm sure there are some really, uh, really reputable ones out there. I think just, and there's probably some good companies yeah. that sell. There are the multi list. Some of them are pretty decent products, but yeah. I just don't know that you want to get involved in it. Right. Um, cause they get to be real expensive. So, uh, Deanna, thank you so much for that question. I'm just going to put this up here. Uh, from Carol and I, and I think Carter already answered this. Um, I believe it, it, Carter and my right. Are they, are they back in stock everywhere? Um, I hope so. I'm, I'm assuming so. Uh, but Carol, thank you for putting that question in. Um, okay. And Davis KD, I, I see your, you came in on, on uh, messenger too. I'll, I'll definitely, um, get your question that came in through, through direct message. Um, let's see here. Where am I at? Let's go to Raynette here. Orthomolecular indigo greens available uh, from Performance Medicine Office has a lot of fruits and veggies listed in the in the ingredients. Is this a good alternative to the fruits and vegetable supplement capsules that are heavily advertised on TV? Yeah, I think it's better. Anything that comes from orthomolecular is really first class. Um, you know, I've just been impressed by, and I, that's the one I take when I supplement with greens mm. is, is that one. I think it's, it's, it's better than athletic greens. Uh, may not taste quite as good as athletic greens, but when I compared them, uh, it looked better. It's definitely um, going to be organic and doesn't have a lot of fillers in it. So I really like it. You know, um, so I, I do like it a lot. I have some in my house, I think. Maybe I can get Jenny to bring them down if she's still up there. My indigo greens. I hope I have them here. They may, I may have taken them to the office. Um, but anyway. Uh, Raynette, thank you for that question. Um, let's see uh, where I'm at. Uh, Penny's got one. I just got my probiotic uh, 100B, and I'm supposed to take two per day. What do you think about this? 
Yeah, if you're having gut problems, okay, uh, this is it. Okay, this Saccharomyces boulardii, 100 billion uh, CFUs, colony forming units, and uh, that's the one I took when I had my my gut problem that Robin really helped me through. And uh, yeah, that's that's exactly right. You don't need to stay on those until your gut's healed. But yes, um, very good, very very good. I think that really helped turn me around. All right. Cherry's asking, have you heard of sweet wormwood supplement to treat Sjogren's syndrome and rheumatoid uh, arthritis? Sweet wormwood supplements are really good ones. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to do, do a podcast on that probably in the next week or two. So listen out for that. I haven't, you know, there's a lot of different, reasons to use that. I haven't specifically used it on my patients yet for Sjogren's and RA, but it is supposed to be good for a lot of autoimmune things um, and may even help raise your hormone levels a little bit too. But um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Uh, if it's apigenin um, is the actual word for it. That, that's not my supplements, but anyway, <laughs> I brought a bunch of greens down. These are, these are not go. athletic greens. No. <laughs> this is just the head of cabbage. Now this, it's a supplement. It's in a, it's in a canister. Uh, but thank you though for that. <laughs> um, she's getting, she's getting her exercise tonight. Uh, let's uh, see here. Um, yeah. I'm listening out for that sweet wormwood supplement um i've got i'll do a, i'll do a podcast on i want to do a little bit deeper dive on sweet recommend it to which type of people and diseases but great question though um all I, right. I think it's going to be very helpful to people super interesting uh so stay stay tuned guys for uh, a podcast on sweet wormwood uh thank you cherry for uh teeing us up there um, and, uh, Davis, did, is this, is the question you put in the comments, did, cause I can't, I'm trying to look for it in, in messenger and I'm not seeing it. Um, so I just want to make sure I get to everybody. Um, uh, let's see, Fran's in here, Fran from our Johnson city office. So good to see hey, you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Um, let's she see. probably just got through with her orange theory workout. Her second one of the day, I'll bet. Fran, is that right? Your second orange theory of the day? I love it. I love it. Um, probably, probably. All right. Barbara is asking, my husband is 54 and stage four IgA neurop uh, nef nephropathy. Is it okay to do the carnivore diet? Yeah, no, you got to be really careful with that on that one. You know, um, check with your nephrologist for sure, but you got to watch out for too much protein with that. Not knowing the specifics or different kinds don't go doing that uh, without talking to your um, nephrologist about that. Mm. So be careful. All right. Thank you, Barbara, for putting that in there. Um, let's see where we're at. Um, gosh, great questions tonight, guys. Thank you so much uh, for uh, starting these conversations. Um, this is from Bianca here. Uh, this is, a, this is referring to the physique and evolve machines. It was in, uh, the, the health hacks for 2023, 
um, article yeah. and common sense. Uh, what is that fat burning machine you talked about today? Is that uh, like a vibration board? It's not a vibration board. Um, I'll let no. you. Kind it's of a laser. It's actually a laser. Um, it's a very expensive laser, but also has a mode in it that's almost like a tens unit on steroids. So um, vibration plates work a little bit differently. I like vibration plates, but this is going to be a lot more. Um, specific you put the pads on the areas you're trying to either melt the fat or stimulate the muscles and and you can do it ironically with this one you can do both at the same time with the same pads in, in the evolve machine which we'll have in johnson city you know there's two different they both do the same thing although that one works by radio frequency not laser so they kind of can complement each other, but I'm, I'm really impressed with the physique machine. Do your research on that machine. And, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure people, uh, as a matter of fact, my rep is from Nashville on that. Yeah. So I'm sure there are oh, there's machines definitely. in Nashville. Uh, but, yeah, I've been really impressed with it. Well, where What are you using um, the physique for? Like, what are you uh, doing it in particular? I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm actually, I will tell you, I will tell you, you know, I have, <laughs> well, you know, I have, I lost a lot of muscle with that gut problem I had. And the first place a guy loses his muscle, especially with somebody with scoliosis and back problems like I have is butt muscle, you know, so buttocks, um, Plus, I'm, I put it on my abs as well, you know, to stimulate the abs. I don't need fat burning as much as I do the the uh, electrical stimulation. It's kind of like working out without yeah. having to work out and do squats. Um, you know, is it cheating to get muscle? Well, in a way, but, um, you know, sometimes it's the only way. If you can't do squats, and yeah. you know, because your back is hurting, um, you know, it's a definitely a good way to kind of build that muscle up, which supports your lumbar spine yeah. to the point where you can do a little bit of weight with your squats instead of just air squats like I'm doing right now. Yeah. And, and lunges and things like that. But look up the physique machine. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, very effective, permanent fat burning, you know, for those areas that you just can't get to. I mean, I have a lot of patients that are, they work out all the time. They eat great, but they still have a little bit of a love handle. Mm -hmm. and as you age, your fat goes in different places and you cannot spot reduce, um, you know, love handles or inner thigh fat or back of the arm fat. Um, it just can't do it. Uh, I've never seen anybody be able to do that through exercise. You can build muscle, but burning that stored banked fat is tough to get off. And this is one kind of easy way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, again, it's not a weight loss machine. It's almost like a sculpting machine. It, it's specifically for areas of fat that you can't get rid of otherwise. Um, or you look emaciated if you did. Um, but anyway, great question. It's super great interesting. Question. Thank you, uh, Bianca, for putting that in there. Um, okay, let's get to um, let's get to Davis. And I hope this is the question. Um, I can't find uh, anything in Messenger right now, but I could be 
I uh, could just be missing it. Um, thoughts on oral progesterone for hormone replacement mm. therapy. What yeah. type is, is recommended? I know you have lots of thoughts on this. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, the only oral hormone that I use is oral natural progesterone. Just make sure it's not medroxyprogesterone. You know, actually, you can get prometrium from a prescription, and it actually is natural progesterone. But I prefer the compounded forms um, that you get at a compounding pharmacy. And I do like it orally at night because it helps you sleep. It's safe, and it's not the dangerous medroxyprogesterone. You know, I don't know how many times a day I explain why you should think about being on hormone replacement therapy and, and my explaining the difference between medroxyprogesterone and natural progesterone, which is a completely different uh, molecule that even a lot of your gynecologists don't realize that because it's not their fault. They just, there's nobody going to teach you that unless you dig for it yourself because there's no money in it through drug, big pharma. Um, so uh, progesterone may be the most important female hormone, in my opinion. Um, and, and, and Davis is asking great, great questions here in the comments and, and Fran is, is they're having a great conversation. So if you're on uh, Facebook, okay. uh, look at, uh, Francis Wilson and, and, uh, Davis's conversation around this because the questions around like, how do you talk to your GYN about it? Um, you know, how do you request it from a GYN? And, and, uh, I think a lot of people are, are in that scenario. Uh, and, uh, not a lot of GYNs will, will, uh, will do this sort of thing, or at least, um, yeah. you know, so and don't blame them. I mean, yeah. you know, they're hesitant. And I can go the, through the whole spill with you again about the fallacies of the women's health initiative that turn a lot of women off of any kind of hormone replacement therapy for fear of breast cancer. When actually yeah. there's less breast cancer when you do uh, bioidentical hormones and then not doing anything. So, so don't blame them. Just, you know, remember, but remember, it's your body, you know, it's your choice. You know, I, as a matter of fact, the last patient I saw today um, at 530 was a patient that was sent to me by their gynecologist. You know, they were they're they were go just going into menopause, either their levels checked and they're they gaining weight because of the menopause. And she uh, said, you need to so go see Tom Rogers. And she, she she goes, I happen to have an appointment with him already. So it was great interaction. I love to work with the gynecologist. I have a lot of gyno friends that are very knowledgeable about hormones. Yeah. Uh, but so, you know, do your research, read Dr. Pam Smith's book on uh, all about women's hormones. To me, she's like the guru world famous. Yeah. So it, it, don't blame somebody that doesn't know something about, it. you know, like I told you yeah. yesterday about, we had a question, my doctor won't prescribe LDN you know, when I ask them to, and they ask me what to do. And I go, I'm, your doctor shouldn't prescribe you LDN if they're not familiar with what it does. You should never use a medicine that you don't know about. I wouldn't either. Yeah. So, but just go to somebody like a functional medicine doctor, like we are. And, um, look at that. I mean, we take the best of traditional and alternative. It was great out of both. If you ignore one side or the other, you're cheating yourself. So um, there's great things in both worlds. But it, some of the stuff, you have to dig for it. And they're not going to teach it in medical school, your residency. And the drug reps are not going to teach it to you. 
so you really have to dig for it and be interested in it. And if some of them aren't, they're too busy with other things. So, so hey, this guy does a good job with this. Go, go get an opinion from them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a really good question. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, it's, it's a really good conversation. And, and, and like I said, if you guys are on Facebook, look at what uh, Fran is, is talking about. She's talking pharmacies and uh, insurance coverage. So uh, thank you, Fran, for, uh, for helping Davis out. And uh, it, it, we just need to talk more around how to have these conversations with your different providers. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, and as don't a, be afraid to bring, don't be afraid to bring it up with your provider. And if they just stonewall you or, you know, I just, I do not like it when a doctor says, as, as a lot of patients have told me, their doctor said, I'm the doctor, you're the patient. You do what I say. I do not like that. Yeah. If that happens, you find a different doctor in my opinion. Um, it, kind of going along with this topic, you know, we, uh, we put up a post, um, that, uh, around cash-based practices yesterday and how you're starting to see a lot of cash-based specialists come out. And I want to just talk about this a little bit, cause I think a lot of people are thinking about it. Um, obviously a lot of, uh, uh, where am I? Uh, I'm looking for the the comment around the, the concerns for, for pricing in a cash-based specialist. Um, and the question is, what, what would a rheumatologist, endocrinologist, or a cardiologist charge um, in a cash-based setting? Because obviously, you know, for primary care, it's a little... Uh, it's definitely going to be cheaper um, uh, in terms of, and it's maybe a little less daunting uh, to go to a cash-based primary care doc versus like going to a rheumatologist or a cardiologist that are cash-based. And you've had um, a, a cash-based practice uh, cardiology group on, uh, on the Common Sense yeah. MD. And like, how do you, how do you talk to people about the concerns around pricing for specialist in, you know, in the cash-based setting out of curiosity? Um, I always say you usually get what you pay for and you want transparency with pricing for sure. Um, it's going to be a little more expensive, but it's still going to be reasonable. And remember, you know, when you go to insurance-based doctors, which is 99% of doctors, you're not sure what you're going to end up paying. And, you know, a cash-based doctor has no incentive to run unnecessary tests or do things like that. And you're generally going to get more time and, you know, maybe get to the root of your problem a little bit better, I think. But, you know, unfortunately, most doctors have to work under the insurance model. But nowadays with, you know, high deductibles, again, the best answer is get you a health savings account with a high deductible insurance plan. Insurance is for disaster, not for routine care, in my opinion. That's what insurance is, insuring from disaster, not covering your routine stuff. Well, and, and so, some, some things should be within the insurance model. They mention, you know, what if an yeah, sure, oncologist sure. goes cash only? And, you know, I, I don't think that's what we're talking about. You know, if there's, um, yeah. there's certain um, areas uh, of healthcare, yeah. Like that, surgeons, if you get in the hospital, you're going to have a hard time affording you know, what it would cost to do 
take your gallbladder out or your appendix out. The, the right. costs in a hospital are unbelievable. I talked this before when my dad took uh, appendixes out in, in the 60s. It was $100 to take your appendix out. Now, when Andy got his yeah. appendix taken out in Los Angeles, it was $220,000 was the bill. The settlement was 23000 for what the insurance paid. So there's no transparency at all. You have no idea. Yeah, I mean. And you, so you have to have some kind of insurance, but um, usually get what you pay for and you know what you're paying for and it's generally worth it. So get you. And plus, if you do go to some of these specialists, um, you know, you can get a super bill and they can give you a code and you can do it yourself. They just don't want to be contracted and obligated to those insurance companies for a multitude of things. Oh, you can't run that test. You know, you got to do this first. You have a lot of non-medical people telling you what to do as a physician. So physicians don't like that much because um, they, they're sitting there talking to the patient. They know what they need. Um, so um, I admire these cash only doctors. There are cash only orthopedic surgeons that do uh, joint replacements for cash. And a lot of times it's cheaper than what you'll end up paying for anyway. It's unbelievable. They well, do it I, outpatient. And uh, so check into it. I think, I think it's, there's going to be a lot more people doing this um, like and, we've seen in the last year. And, and I think from a, from the patient's perspective is it's more about, you know, just understanding what your options are and knowing that you have a choice, you know, you don't have to go to, you know, a certain place that takes your insurance you know, there right. are different options and because um, I, I don't think you're saying at all that, you know, you should only go to, you know, a place that's cash only. You know, I, I think no. it's, it's more of Not just uh, taking control of your health care and and um, and um, choosing, you know, where you want to go cash cash only and where you want to use what you want to use your insurance for. Because, you know, yeah. you've been very open. Everybody should have insurance. Everybody should have, and you know, ask about an HSA, yep. and you know, the most offices, including mine, will give you a, you know, a super bill with a code on it. And you can turn it into your own insurance, you know. Um, but doctors should not be working for insurance companies; they should be working for the patient, and that's my. It's a private practice; it's private. It's between you, me, and the patient, and I like that aspect of it also. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it's just really interesting. I, I like the fact that it's not out there on the internet, what you're taking and all this stuff, because once you get, you get into those, a lot of those patient portals and, um, they're convenient, but you know, everybody in the world has access to, uh, I don't care what they say. It's out there. It's out there. What you have diabetes, you may get turned down for life insurance or, rated as a bad risk later on because they filed your insurance under that code. So there's a lot of nuances to it. There is. So you have to think, I saw two pilots today um, that did not want their records going anywhere for fear. Their sugar was a little bumped up. They did not want that out anywhere. That's interesting. And I said, well, it's not going out. You see me, it's not going anywhere between me and you. Yeah. Um, but you knew need needed less sugar. Uh, but so I, I like that aspect of my private practice. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, people that are going to be doing this. Um, 
you know, there's some people that not be able to afford it. And that's one reason why we do these educational things for free or podcasts and all this stuff for free. We want information to go out there. We, we're not doing this for an advertisement to come see us at all. Yeah. Uh, we're just doing it for, for knowledge. You know, we're trying to, we have a little mission and that's healthy aging, preventive care, find the root cause of the problem and look at medicine from that because I do not like the way medicine's going. That's why I chose to do this route and I've been very happy with it. I'm definitely a better doctor and, you know, I'm not like a rat on the treadmill having to see 50 patients a day and spend half my dollar on a computer trying to find codes or something to get money from an insurance company. Yeah. I just refuse to do that. I wouldn't be practicing medicine at 68 if I had to do that anymore. I just wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You know, um, so a small spiel. So look at, you know, it's, look at transparency. Yeah. Um, and if you're not getting help from your other doctor, consider somebody else that may look at, at it from a different angle. That could be helpful for anything. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'll say, look, I'm, I'm not sure about this. Let me get a second opinion from somebody especially from somebody I think may know more about that disease than I do. So, um, you know, it's all, we all should work together Yeah. for you, the patient. That's, that's our only objective is really help get you better. You have to make a living doing it. Unfortunately, you know, overhead is expensive, you know, as you know. Um, well, it, but, it's, uh, it's a powerful message and, you know, I, I think, I'm just so pumped that people are are coming to shows like this and interacting in the comments and you know we like we always say we we learn uh, we learn more from you guys uh, than you guys learn from us and and we appreciate y'all being a part of this and making this show uh, educational and fun and um, and Doc man I I just I appreciate the time today I, I know you've had a busy day um, I've had a busy day and hey here's the hip hook you gave me oh That's yeah another little Hack. I love this thing. This thing is awesome for getting into my um, iliopsoas muscle and iliacus uh, to loosen it up. I have very tight um, hip flexors, uh, as I told you before. This this machine's really good. It's cool. I don't wake up anymore in the middle of the night with you know really tight hip flexors, which those are deep abdominal muscles, which support your lum lumbar spine so this thing's this tool's been great man thank you that's what ben got me for christmas that's christmas present right there hip hook See that yeah yeah it's a neat little tool well, i'm gonna use it right after this podcast i'm gonna get on the floor <laughs> get in there and work it out is is doctor is dr ike ready to to, to sign ike, us off can you bring ike over here he looks like he's Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.